This is Pure Decking, show number 550 for February the 1st, 1979. This is the show about stuff that interests me, like information security, rigging the game, and apparently trying to see just how many projects I can start without ever finishing. At least going by my collection of in the parts bins. It's like, wow, I have a lot of modules, Raspberry Pis, and power inverters. It's an interesting combination. Tonight, we have a Mad Men. What is up, Mad Men? Not the much, so are you going by, you have like a start date on when you did this, or are we going all the way back to infancy? Well, I didn't, I hadn't thought that far about it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe since I moved out. <laughs> okay. It's quite a, it's quite a list. <laughs> and we have an are you? Well, and I haven't forgot about that mini disc player. It's just been so fucking hot, I am not digging through uh, it'll just go in the pile of unfinished projects until I eventually get to be like years later. Hey, are you that mini disc player? I finally incorporated it into a cyber deck. Well, it, He's like the it what? Helps me out. It, it moves a bit of my old tech out of my fucking house without me having to throw it in a bin. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah, I haven't forgotten about it. it was, I was going to do it tonight, but uh, we are venturing into the 110 degree mark again. Today. No, that that's where you just lay in the shade and hope, right? <laughs> oh, dude, it doesn't help being in the shade. I, I've got all the windows and doors shut to stop the heat coming in. Don't don't you have running water on your property? Can't you like rig up some kind of a faux air conditioning system? I I could, but what's the point? It's a couple days out of every year. Who cares? I've got an to... air conditioner sitting next to me. Yeah, just... I don't have that running. I was going to say, it's an excuse to build a contraption and piss off your wife, but I mean, you know. Oh, dude, I've, I've got a waiting pool set up for her. Oh, there you go. Like, on, the, on the fucking uh, outside um, patio. That's been set up since the weekend. Go out occasionally, throw, go a out have a... go throw a chunk of dry ice in it every once in a while for fun. Yeah. Yes, I'll go jump in that later on this afternoon if I want to cool down. There you go. And, you know. With a reflective surface, you can probably cook many baked goods right there on the sidewalk. So, yeah. But uh, anyways, so are you sent me this story? Let's let's get into this one. It's we had made fun of this, ah, probably a year ago now, maybe two. It's from Ars Technica. Japan government accepts it's no longer the '90s and stops requiring floppy disks. The Japanese government is finally letting go of floppy disks and CD-ROMs. It recently announced amendments to laws requiring the use of physical media formats for submissions to the government for things like alcohol businesses, mining, and aircraft regulation. Japan's Minister for Digital Transformation, Taro Kono, announced the, quote, war on floppy disks, unquote, in August of 2022. Okay, so it was about a year ago we were making fun of this. Uh, before the recent law changes, about 1,900 Government procedures required the use of obsolete disk formats, including floppy disks, CDs, 
and mini discs for submission from citizens and businesses. And I, I have to imagine when they wrote this regulation, because it would have been in the mid nineties, it's when you had zip discs and I Omega clicks and jazz drives and what the super floppies, um, you know, they, they had all these goofy f- different floppy disk formats coming out. And actually, in Japan, they had a few different ones because you had those slim floppy disks like the NES, or not NES, what's it, the Famicom disk was using. So I imagine they probably put the actual media to use in the regulation so that people wouldn't hand them some weird-ass thing that they had to go buy a drive for. But uh, the fact... The fact that they put the thing in the regulation at all, as opposed to just saying an electronic submission, I mean, I don't know. I just, man, because I had to write, I've had to write policies for work. So one, I'm sitting there going, that's poor policy writing practice to specify that kind of thing. (laughs) Japan does hold on to his traditions for a long time, man. (laughs) That's true. But they even, even assigned some of the culture into their like rights. Like they they had a big um, hoo-ha about the car racing and stuff like that, and the Japanese government went, "No, it's part of our culture. You, you can't fuck fuck with it." Because they wanted to ban a lot of the street cars. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like the stance stuff, the really low and high performance stuff, and the government went, "No, it's part of the um, part of our culture. Fuck your safety." Well, fair enough. Oh, I thought it was great. Instead of bitching out like our countries do with car culture. Car culture here sucks now. There's culture, and then there's hanging on to floppy disks too long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if somebody was still making floppy disks, and you can still get USB floppy drives fairly cheap, but uh, I know of two places that you can still buy floppy disks. One of them is eBay. (laughs) So... um, The other is floppydisc.com. <laughs> and literally, that's like, that's it that I know of for getting hands on discs. And most of the time, none of them are new. Occasionally, you can get new package ones. Most of them aren't. <laughs> Although the gag of it is the early ones are actually probably still fine. It wasn't until the late 90s, early 2000s, where they started trying to produce the things as cheaply as possible that they got to... Um, well, like we're like when we were in high school, Madman, and you know it was kind of a gag whether or not your homework would be on the disc when you got there. In the you know, and I don't want a new floppy disk. I want the floppy disk to come with AOL installed on it, like all floppy disks should. <laughs> and then I'm going to use that one to back up everything after I get rid of AOL. Well, make sure you get your Scotch tape with you, Madman. For all those who know, you'll know. Oh yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I agree with Cycros. He says, I miss the old AOL floppies before they switched to CDs. Yeah, because the floppies were useful. And the DOS one, the DOS AOL one, that came with this this hacked version of um, uh, Geo, GeoWorks on it that you could actually do other things with if you went in and messed with anyways. Because uh, you could like boot the floppy and it ran DOS and GeoWorks to get the graphical interface for AOL. And all you had to do was edit the runtime and you could, just, you know, add free copy of GeoWorks. There you go. <laughs> you know, so anyways, um, 
Kono announced the intention to amend regulations to support online submissions and cloud data storage, changing requirements that go back several decades, as noted by Japanese news site uh, Sora24 News. Uh, the CDs weren't useless. You could fashion a knuckle duster out of them with an exacto knife and <laughs> Or you could... My favorite was art. You know, you just stick them in the microwave on a piece of paper. The, the uh, disc side down. Microwave it for about three seconds and you get some really cool looking uh, burn marks on the paper. Uh, on January 22nd, Japan's Ministry of Economy, Trade, and Industry uh, announced that it had changed 34 ordinances to eradicate the requirement of floppy disks, as per a Google translation of a January 23rd article. From the Japanese tech website PC Watch, the ministry had deleted requirements of floppy disks and CD-ROMs for various ordinances, including some pertaining to quarrying, energy, and weapons manufacturing regulations. Are we allowing Japan to we manufacture weapons? I thought... They still weren't allowed to do that after World War II. Uh, they uh, can actually have an offensive army now if they want. Oh, okay. yeah, they're remilitarizing. It's within America's interest. That's that's why they're allowing them. Oh, I don't, I don't actually care. I just, you know, had it in my head they weren't allowed to do that. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was for uh, so many decades after the war. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. But now it's within America's interest to have them armed to the fucking teeth in that area. That and um, we're. Their main supplier. You're the main supplier to pretty much everyone, madman. Well, considering who they're on the coast with, I can see why we would want them armed to the teeth. And it's like, hey, that you remember that shit you guys did in World War II? Let us direct you this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Actually, that gets dark. I probably shouldn't have said that joke, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're willing to take orders. Let's just say that. Yeah. Like, a, we don't care what you do, just leave Pearl Harbor out of it this time. <laughs> I don't think they they get that interest anymore, dude. Two day stars sort of takes that fight right out of you. Well, I see you guys have been manufacturing planes, and I see you've been training pilots. Why are you all still issuing the kamikaze headbands, though? I thought we got past that. <laughs> Anyways. I mean, if, if the jihadists can wear the fucking jihadi headband, they can wear the kamikaze one, man. <laughs> Okay. Don't kink shame them. Don't kink I mean, shit, shame. half the Russian tanks are rolling around with fucking old World War II fucking um, hammer and sickle flags on there. Russia. Well, I think that's just more a lack of paint thinner than anything, but... I think it's more of a... This builds morale because we think of old times because we didn't actually live through them. Mm. Or most of them didn't live through it. And it's always considered the good old days because I was watching some... Uh, uh, documentary slash propaganda campaign about uh, some uh, Serbian sniper that is actually fighting for the Russians and uh, he's talking to a couple of the old dudes in Donetsk who couldn't leave or don't want to leave and they're like oh when this is over we can go back to communism like the good old days and you're like wow you uh you're an old man I don't know listening to some members of my government right now you think that that's what they want to do here too so <laughs> I don't get it, but anyway, keep going, floppy disks. METI's announcement, as per Google Translate, uh, highlight the Japanese government's many provisions stipulating the use of specific recording media, such as floppy disks, recording application and notification methods, as well as situations that are hindering the online implementation of procedures. Floppy disks first became commercially available in 1971 through IBM. They evolved through the decades, including the release of the 3.5-inch in 1983 via Sony. 
With usage growing and peaking in the 80s and 90s, the floppy disk couldn't compete with likes of CD-ROMs, flash drives, and other more advanced forms of storage made available by the late 90s. Sony, the last floppy disk manufacturer standing, stopped making floppies in 2011. Um, yeah, I didn't realize Nothing it had been that long. Nothing but used floppies and back inventory. I didn't realize it had been that long since they stopped making them. No wonder new packs of discs are hard to get. Uh, floppy disks aren't equipped for many of today's technological needs, with storage cap- capacity maxing at 1.44 megabit. That's not true. You can usually format them to 2 meg if you've got the uh, the right software. Uh, you know, a whole 2 meg. <laughs> Still waiting on data crystals from Babylon 5. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, still, government bodies in Japan have been using them or have been using them regularly, leading at times to complications. You know, I, I'll come back to this. And for example, in 2021, it was reported that the Tokyo police lost a pair of floppy disks that had information about 38 public housing applications. So I can understand why you would have many people who, as you said, are probably very traditional in their handling of documentation and paperwork, wanting to stick to floppies, even in modern times, because you're only going to get one or two documents on a, on a modern, you know, modern documents on a disc. Actually, hell, I don't know that you could even fit a modern. Now I'm curious. Let me just go look on my, I should have some, I don't know, ham radio meeting coats that aren't real big run this up the flagpole is it better for security uh, to be not, tra- not sending it over the internet or storing it not on a hard drive but on a floppy i there are arguments both ways okay so yeah i'm, I'm just looking at some of my my open document uh files that for like ham radio stuff they're like a couple of pages long they're 18k so you could still get a fair number of those on a disc yeah. um but you could file the discs like you do traditional paper paper files, sort of like what we were joking about ahead of time. Floppy disks aren't going to stop being used in the Japanese government because you're going to have all these people who are still trained on that procedure where you take the disk, you do this, you do that, you run this software. And so they're going to have people whose job it is to take the online submission translate it into whatever archaic software they're still using on their Windows 3.1 or, um, I don't know, um, you know, whatever workstations, and uh, put it on a disk so that the old guy down in accounting, you know, can still do the same method he's done for however many years because he's not going to want to change. Yeah, a 40-year veteran of whatever company is not going to want to change. So they're not going to stop using them. I guarantee that'll be somebody's job, at least for the next five to ten years, while you still have all these people who are well, used to using it. It helps with the transition, though, more. So if you don't actually need it, then, okay, so those who aren't hard-fixed to that medium can not be hindered by a government because they can now submit an electronic form where they can just gradually let those who are holding on to the floppy disk tradition slowly die out and get rid of it that way instead of having a culture shock of right we're not using any of that shit anymore throw it all away this is how we do it now which i think is a smoother transition sure it's also a jobs program yeah 
know, it's interesting. I like the way they've done it. But Smooth. the the security implications are also interesting because the if the data is only on the floppy disk, right? You only have an offline copy that's not available unless the disk is in the drive. So, you know, any kind of quick attack where they get into a system, those files just aren't going to be available to an attacker because they're, they're not online. They're, you know, on disks storage sitting off in a drawer, right? Or one of those little, uh, l- those old school uh, file folders where you had the flip top that was clear and you put the disk in it so you could flip through them. Um, and the fancy ones with a lock on them. Um, but you then become, you have reliability problems, especially depending on when the discs were manufactured. Whereas, you know, the disc can just stop working or if somebody happens to walk by it with a refrigerator magnet, you know, that can, that can mess it up. Um, discs get scratched really easily. And since nobody's been making them for a decade, um, you know, you could have problems with the drives not working. You could have problems, you know, just supporting them because modern computers haven't come with floppy disks for a very long time. Or um, disk drives. Huh? Or disk drives. Yeah, disk drives in general are pretty much out, especially on laptops. Um, so you have a reliability problem in that how do you do backups? If You know, do you, do you make them do... You know, because if you copy everything up to a file server and you put it on floppy disk, well, now you've just eliminated the benefit of the file being off unavailable to an attacker. And you also raise the specter of boot sector viruses, which haven't been a thing forever. But it's a virus that literally hopes to spread by you forgetting that the disk is in the drive and booting off of it by accident. So I haven't heard of that one for a long, long time. Oh, that's old school shit, man. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Japan's reliance on data tech is something METI is tackling, but reports have noted resistance from some government bodies. This includes local governments and the Ministry of Justice resisting the move to cloud-based uh, admin systems, per the Japanese, uh, the Japan News newspaper. Japan is ranked number 32 out of 64 economies in the Institute for Management Development's uh, 2023 World Digital Competitiveness Ranking, with the IMD saying, quote, measures... The or says, quote, measures the capacity and readiness of 64 economies to adapt and explore digital technologies as a key driver for economic transformation and business government in a wider society, unquote, wank, wank. Good God. How, how much padding could you put on using modern computers? Yeah. Well, not only that, but I don't think there's a problem with being resistant to cloud-based infrastructure for a government. They no, there's probably a... want to control who has access to their data, so you don't want to, you know, set it up in an Amazon cloud. <laughs> own your own hardware for that shit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I mean, if you've got top secret stuff, I would rather you run your own data centers. I just don't think you should be using floppy disks to store it. <laughs> now, burning things on disks, however, I don't know that I would use CD-ROMs just because of the size. But they still make archival quality, um, oh, I forget what they're called. It's a Blu-ray in a, in a caddy is what it really is. But it's like pre-sectored and, you know, these things are archival quality for like doing, 
like equivalent to tape backups. And some places still back up to tape because tape is, you know, still fairly cost effective for the, the storage to cost ratio. So there is something to be said for offline backups and running your own infrastructure. I'm not arguing that. Um, you know, floppy disks, again, you have the problem. Nobody's made any new ones for a decade, which amazes me that you haven't had somebody come along and start making new ones just to sell the governments and places like this that still, you know, rely on them. So. Yeah, uh, some have attributed Japan's uh, sluggish movement from the older technologies to its success in establishing efficiencies with analog tech. Government bureaucracy has been listed as a factor. Japan isn't the only entity on the floppy disk, so despite a a single photo these days being enough to overfill a floppy disk, various industries like embroidery, medical devices, avionics, and plastic molding still rely on them. Even the U.S. Air Force stopped using 8-inch floppies in its missile launch control systems in 2019. And last year, we report on an Illinois Chuck E. Cheese using a 3.5 floppy for its animatronics system. Okay, so I'm going to stop. The, 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 you know, the, it keeps going. U.S.-based floppy disk com told the register that Japan's rules change shouldn't endanger the business. There's still more hobbyists and private parties. Yeah, okay, blah, blah, blah. Great. Fine. You can still get floppies. It's all back stock or used stuff that's been reprocessed or whatever. But, um... And theoretically, you don't really wear... Well, you can't... I guess you can mechanically wear them out. It would take a lot to physically wear out a floppy disk usually what happens is the formatting gets lost and that is repairable you can low-level flop format some floppies um most consumer drives weren't capable of it but you could get the right equipment to actually resector a floppy disk and um, be able to reuse them so it's not that you can't remanufacture even discs that to consumers are dead it's that i mean eventually you will wear them out but um I'm thinking more in the fact of just consumer hardware. I mean, they haven't been making floppy drives either. Most of the USB ones are old stock that they've just re reprocessed from laptops into the little USB enclosures. Um, the, the, the other thing that comes to mind, though, is um, several retro computing enthusiasts have made devices that emulate floppy disks using a USB flash drive. So when you have things like they listed the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic system, right? That that thing probably still uses a three and a half inch floppy drive because whatever computer they built it on top of, that's what it had at the time they built it and they're still using it. So you can get these devices. I forget exactly what they're called off the top of my head, but people use them for retro computers, they use them for old audio equipment, they use them for all kinds of stuff, that essentially emulates a floppy disk with a microcontroller and actually stores the disk images on a flash drive, right? And so you can get like 100 disk images on a modern flash drive, easy. And so, you know, you can get a bunch of them on there and just scroll through the number and you just swap this device into the floppy disk bay, basically, and then you can use a flash drive as though it were a floppy disk. So there are ways to keep to get around the technological problem, but um, you know if you're using a computer that's old, it may not survive having its hardware mucked with like that too. So I don't know. <laughs> I want to know where the Chuck E. Cheese that still has the old school animatronics is. Uh, Illinois. 
it's in the story. Um, the link to it is, you know what? Here you go, Medben. I'll give you that story, and we'll throw it in the ARC. I'm not going to read or review it. We're just gonna. I'm just going to give you that link for you to peruse at your own. Um, oh, the story is about them getting rid of the old animatronic and replacing it with the videos. Oh, that's that was the whole reason for going there. Good news, Madman. You can set it up on your front lawn. Oh, I wonder if I can buy them and do my own Five Nights at Freddy's. There was a, uh, there was a way to get them because there were, uh, there was like a a clearinghouse that had a whole bunch of them. I'm just quickly looking now because now I'm curious about getting. There are parts of the Chuck E. Cheese animatronics on eBay. It might take you some time, but I'll bet you could eventually assemble an entire Chuck E. Cheese animatronic set or showbiz pizza if that's your jam. If you watch eBay Charles long entertainment enough. Entertainment cheese will eventually be put together in my living room. And my- then he will fight the dude from showbiz, the bear. I don't know if it ever had a name. It might be easier just to 3D print this kind of stuff <laughs> and just remanufacture it with some modern servos and shit. As opposed to as opposed to the old pneumatics. <laughs> so, anyways, let's move on to this next one. This next one's I'm, I'm, this one's kind of weird to me. eBay will pay. Uh, this is from Fortune.com. the The e commerce giant eBay will pay fifty nine million dollars in a settlement with the Justice Department over thousands of pill press machines sold on the platform. The Justice Department said Wednesday, the machines can be used to manufacture counterfeit pills that look just like prescription pills, but instead can be laced with substances like fentanyl, a synthetic, a synthetic opioid drug that is largely fueling the deadliest overdose crisis in U.S. history. The company failed to verify buyers' identities and keep records required by law, and many people who bought pill presses on eBay have been prosecuted in connection with trafficking illegal counterfeit pills, the Justice Department said. eBay, headquartered in San Jose, California, uh, provides a platform for people to make their own online sales. It is said it agreed to the settlement to avoid long-running litigation, but it maintained it did not break the law. The company said it had removed pill-making equipment on its own and blocked, quote, tens of thousands, unquote, of listings before the Justice Department got involved. Quote, government officials have repeatedly committed eBay for our partnership with law enforcement and our efforts to support investigations into illegal pill press usage, unquote, eBay said. Still, the Justice Department said there were thousands of cases where people bought pill presses on eBay, including high-capacity presses capable of producing thousands of pills per hour, Hundreds of those buyers also got counterfeit molds or dyes that allowed them to make pills uh, mimicking legitimate prescription pills, the authorities said. eBay failed to meet requirements that sellers of pharmaceutical manufacturing equipment verify identifiers or buyers' identities, keep records, and report to the Drug Enforcement Administration to make sure the machines are traceable and not used illegally, the federal prosecutors say. I'm going to stop here. The article goes on because they're, they're going on about pills being laced with fentanyl. So one, what what's oh, stops me from buying a press, uh, a Pez press? I don't know. I'm not making pills. I'm making candy. Fuck off. Well, they're saying they're saying it's because eBay wasn't meeting the requirements of somebody selling pharmaceutical equipment, but eBay wasn't the one selling the pharmaceutical equipment. Whoever put the listing on eBay was. Exactly. 
So I think what it is, is they don't know how to go after the people selling the equipment. So instead, they're going after the platform. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I know that because it feels like they're shifting blame rather than fixing the problem because, okay, you harangue eBay enough. Um, um, Psycho says the difference between a Pez press and a pill press may just be the imprinting. <laughs> One says Pez on the side. The other says uh, AstraZeneca or something. <laughs> I don't think that fits on a pill, but you know what I mean? I mean, if you've ever done pills, you're sort of not really worried about what's fucking printed on it, dude. I've taken shit that was from Mercedes-Benz. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, not only that, but, you know, say, well, it could be laced with fentanyl. And I'm sure people doing bad things are doing bad things. But that's Surely not the fault. This Mitsubishi pill will help with me with my hemorrhoids. Uh-huh. But that's not really the, you know, the what you put in it is not really the fault of the pill press, is it? I mean, that's, like you said, you could be making candy. You could be doing anything with it. There's already a pre-existing law, but they're pretty much just supposed to be sold to compounding pharmacies. Yeah. Now, your argument of eBay wasn't actually selling them, this person was selling them on eBay might hold water, but they're still only supposed to be selling them to compounding pharmacies. Fair enough. No, I mean, and that's, that's like I said, I'm, I could, I could be persuaded the other way, but my initial reaction is, well, why are you holding eBay accountable? Because eBay's the middleman. Um, on this one, it's, does eBay know what all is being sold on it? Because if I know I'm selling compounding farm, if I'm selling a cell space to someone who's breaking the law, I'm actually breaking the law. Well, this comes into, it's a good point. Does eBay know? Because I'm sure I, they, they don't have a human reviewing every sale, right? Yeah. You could put text filters in place. You could put things saying, oh, they're not supposed to, uh, you know, do this, do that. And, you know, I'm sure they have. Please don't use this for drugs. Yeah. I'm sure they have a whole list of keywords they look for of like, Hey, you probably shouldn't do this. If I'm looking for a pill press, I'm not looking for pill press in my fucking Google search. I'm looking for candy makers. And I mean, this is definitely not something you want to leave a paper trail for. You know? Well, how hard is it to register a fake name with a mailing but it with a you know P.O. box or somebody else's address and a you know stolen credit yeah, card, right? But you're risking not getting your product morts. Like, I, I don't know what these things cost. Is that a significant risk? I I don't know what they're worth either, man, but just the fact you're having one is gonna put you in the spotlight. Yeah. Um the you're buying a pill press, you should be looking for a person in my previous employment. No paper trail, all cash sales. Um, uses trusted delivery guys, things like that, man. If you're buying a pill press off fucking eBay, get out of the drug trade. You're not a good drug dealer. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? You're making us, I'm not a drug dealer, but you're making illegal crime look bad with your sloppy fucking ways. Well, let me ask this too. I don't know how much pressure is actually needed in a pill press. So, how hard would it be to convert a lead screw, some aluminum bar stock, 
and a mold into a pill press. The drug dealers, more, they're not handyman. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. I just, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, like it's, but the 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 authorities are um, they're closing the barn after the horse has died and and is decomposed. Like, well, the article goes on about you know overdoses from fentanyl and and you know yeah fentanyl's a problem. I'm not arguing that, and you're you know you're right. Don't deal drugs. Stay away from that shit. But if I, you are going to do it, consult someone who's an expert. It's worth your time eventually. But um, yeah, the fentanyl thing. I, I don't know how you tackle that, but it it starts with. Um, where it's coming from and that's uh i think it's the seventh district in china that makes all the pill stuff the precursor they yeah. don't make the pills they make the precursor, precursor. chemicals and they get shipped to mexico it uh there was an article not long back that uh one of the drug cartels was getting out of fentanyl because it was getting too dangerous and they were shooting anybody who was selling it well, i don't uh, know yeah but there's uh, the, the last line of the article here is eBay's failure to follow basic reporting and record keeping requirements allowed people to set up pill factories in their homes and to do so without detection. So U.S. Attorney Henry Levitz for the Middle District of Tennessee. So, I mean, and again, they probably the did. I just, kids. huh? This isn't the '90s anymore. Don't be doing fucking pills you buy on the street. Yeah, like I'd be sus about even buying fucking weed in America if you're buying it off the street. Um, I mean, fentanyl's not a big thing here yet, but it is, you can see it coming. Uh, yeah, what a what a shitty time to be alive if you're into pills. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough about it, obviously, but uh, it just to me seems like uh, Psycho said he's heard that there's fentanyl laced weed, and it's just like I, I've heard that. Why? Too. I don't know whether it's an urban myth or not. Um. Yeah, I don't. Know. I don't know if it's real, but I've heard that as well. Considering hey. fit, how quickly fentanyl overdoses kill people who aren't like you know, haven't built a tolerance to it. From what I understand, I'm, I'm going with conversations we've had and bullshit I've seen on the internet. Um, I don't understand why you would be lacing shit with fentanyl because it's like it's in everything, man. You're killing it's, your clients. It's that the the clients aren't the ones. Um, that think they're, they're the clients not going up buying fentanyl laced weed, they're going up and buying uh, opium pretty much laced weed because opium smoke shops have existed for sure as long as opium has existed, and the drug dealer has found a way of quadrupling his pro- his profit by instead of buying high grade opium that won't kill people, buying low grade fentanyl and hoping he's getting the dosage right. Yeah, Matt Matt man got it right. And you're 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 going with people who are there breaking the law. You're not dealing with moral or ethical people. It's not even ethics. It's if all your customers die from an overdose, who are you going to sell to? The next person you get hooked. Mm -hmm. Opioids are highly addictive. With anyone doing drugs, I just wish there was a better way to do drugs that wasn't going to fucking kill you like this. Know what I mean? The war on drugs is, was a massacre, and we fucking lost. It's time to retool. And I don't know what that looks like, but uh, it 
got to start with selling fucking. I don't know. Uh, it could look like uh, what happened to the Philippines. They actually waged a war on drugs. Yeah, but they We've were only serious about it. it. I mean, it, you'd solve your prison problem if you did the Philippines war on drugs version. Yeah, you wouldn't have anyone in prison. Yeah, but do you really want us doing the Philippines war on drugs version when we have, you know, drone strikes? Ma'am, <laughs> um, uh, Morps, if you got caught with drugs in the Philippines, you're executed. Well, that's what I'm saying is why we even bother with the execution? Just drone strike the house. <laughs> yeah. Because then you can't resell the house. Mm. Well, it's not going to tear out a tank our economy. Get rid of undesirables. I mean, they didn't give a fuck if it was even weed, dude. They'd kill you. Well, next, that's good and depressing. The next article I have is from uh, Psycho Sent Me This. It's on Tech Dirt. Um, buying domestic data from data brokers is just something the government does all the time. Bypassing restraints enacted by the Supreme Court, federal agencies, along with local law enforcement agencies, are hoovering up whatever domestic data they can from private companies all too happy to be part of the problem. Sure, the government can pretend the third-party doctrine applies here, but chances are that most of this data is being collected by phone apps and other services isn't being collected with the full knowledge of device users. This is the sort of thing that's hidden deep in the... uh, deep end of the terms of use boilerplate suckering most people out of all kinds of data because they made a mistake assuming a seemingly innocuous match three game wouldn't attempt to ping their phone's location and tie it to specific device IDs. So this latest news as revealed by Senator Ron Wyden is only surprising in terms of which agency is involved. So quote Senator U.S. Senator Ron Wyden Democrat of Oregon uh, released documents confirming the National Security Agency buys Americans' internet records, which can reveal which websites they visit and what apps they use. In response to the revelation today, Wyden called on the administration to ensure intelligence agencies stop buying personal data from Americans that has been obtained illegally by data brokers. A recent FTC order held that data brokers must obtain Americans' informed consent before selling their data. Uh, quote, the U.S. government should not be funding and legitimizing a shady industry whose flagrant violations of Americans' privacy are not just unethical but illegal, unquote. Wyden wrote in a letter to the Director of National Intelligence, uh, Avril Haines, today, quote, to that end, I request that you adopt a policy that going forward, I see elements may only purchase data about Americans that meets the standard for legal data sales established by the FTC, unquote. Uh, you'd think the NSA would be able to obtain this data without having to buy it from sketchy third-party vendors. Um, but it it's it's not that it can't; it's that it's not supposed to. <laughs> That's what the five eyes are for. Yep, it's called it's called the Nobus policy. Nobody but us. But uh, yeah, it hasn't been that for a while. Um, I remember when five eyes was a conspiracy theory? Yeah, oh, that was fun. It's always been a reality, as far as I've known. I know, but people used to call you conspiracy theorists for saying it. Well. It, it you know, and the, the article goes on. Well, why is the NSA buying this data rather than collecting it? Well, it's simple. Because there's a war on Americans. If you haven't figured it, well, it's it's simple. If they, they want half of your population dead, well, that. But if they say they bought it from a data broker, they don't have to reveal their methods and tools for actually collecting the data from ISPs, networking, the hacks they do because they're breaking into shit all the time too, guys. Yeah, China's doing it. Russia's doing it. So is the NSA. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. 
So, uh, what that means is just, you know, be careful what you do online because anything you do on a modern computing device, especially if it's running windows or any of the mobile OSs, uh, it's probably reporting shit back. The only one I would trust to not be just directly reporting shit is Linux. But depending on what you install in Linux, it's going to do it too. Remember when they figured out what Adobe, what Macromedia was doing with the real player? Yep. Yep. That was in the 90s. What do you think Adobe is doing these days? I, I assume everything gets hoovered up. I'm just saying things that are on everyone's machine and nobody thinks about, like Adobe Acrobat Reader. It used to be the Macromedia, it used to be Flash. Flash was the ubiquitous one. But uh, now I'd, I'd say it's less of that, but things like Adobe Media Player, or not Media Player, the, the PDF Reader, and of course their uh, creative suites across a bunch of stuff. But yeah, everything. Anything that's free and it's not open source, you need to look at what it's doing. It's all hoovering up data to resell. Even if it's not free, it's probably hoovering up your data to sell it. I mean, Windows is doing it, for God's sake. That's my next yeah. article. It's from NeoWin. Okay, technically, it's Microsoft Edge. But, yeah. And they're not even just doing it with their own data. They're they're stealing it out of other browsers. Just remember, kids, make sure they read out every last URL at your trial. Make them read the names of the JPEGs. Uh-huh. So this is from Neil Wynn. Microsoft Edge reportedly steals data from Chrome without user permission. Microsoft Edge is acting up again following multiple multiple controversies and reports of user hostile practices. The browser ended up in hot waters one more time for openly stealing data from other browsers. Customers across vast seas of the internet claim the Microsoft Edge is siphoning open tabs and other information from Chrome without permission. Microsoft's browser has a toggle that you can use to automatically migrate data from Chrome to Edge, like open tabs, history, favorites, etc. During initial setup, Edge asks users to allow it to sync with other browsers so they can seamlessly switch from Chrome or Firefox. That option is also available in the settings and turned off by default. Interestingly, Microsoft also prompts you to allow this behavior with a carefully crafted screen during Windows 10's out-of-the-box experience. The idea is okay. What's not okay is how it seemingly does not care what option you pick and steals data from Chrome when it's not supposed to. Uh, but, but, but following this option is bad for our bottom line, so we're just not going to do it. <laughs> Tom Warren from The Verge claims Edge took over his Chrome tabs on two devices without permission after recent Windows updates. To add insult to injury, Microsoft Edge admitted its crimes by launching itself automatically with all data copied from Chrome. Other users experienced the same software atrocities. So basically what was happening was Edge was copying all of your your data out of the other browser and opening itself and hoping you didn't notice that you were using Edge instead of Chrome or Firefox. I'm surprised they didn't replace the damn shortcut while they were at it. Um, you know, the author says he wasn't able to replicate the behavior, so it's one of those things that's rolled out to specific users. Uh, since they don't have word on Microsoft in the situation, they can only guess it's a bug or a gradual rollout. Either way, Edge is clearly having a hard time respecting its users' choices. A few weeks ago, the browser's official X account posted a cringe response to a user complaining about Edge's annoyances. 
Uh, fortunately, at least for EU users, those tired of Microsoft Edge constantly getting in the way will soon be able to uninstall the browser by right-clicking from the Start menu. So, yeah, um, Microsoft's starting to starting to get to the point where they just don't give a fuck what the user uh, permissions or desires are. They're going to do what they want to do. Yeah, I have an issue with them saying they're stealing it from the browser. They're not stealing it from the browser. Uh, Chrome doesn't have a right to my information either. They're stealing it from me. Yeah, I'm the they're only just getting it out of right Chrome. To my shit. I mean, it's one thing to report on the data in the program you use, but to go actively pull it out of other programs? It's like, that's just, I mean, straight up... I mean, that's just, just straight up theft. I mean... And I know Microsoft's thinking, well, we run the operating system on your computer. We can do it, you, what we want. You only license it. It's like, but it's my fucking hardware, asshole. So, yeah, learn Linux, I guess. And it's hard, too. It is. I mean, I've made a real effort in the past couple of weeks to really try and make sure, because I, I had a, a few things, mainly related to CAD, that are really hard to get working right on a Linux box. You end up with things like a Windows virtual machine or dual booting, and it's just not. It's I I I've got a specific CAD program I like for my 3D printing. Could I learn Free CAD or uh, the other fork of Free CAD? I've forgotten what it's called now, but the one where they put the collaboration stuff in it, wanted to charge a monthly fee. Um, yeah, I could or Blender because Blender runs fine on Linux. Uh, I could learn that stuff, but. And I I did give FreeCAD a, a, a real shake the other day, but man, it's taking me forever to do stuff that, you know, I can knock out super quick in the CAD program I'm used to. So it's like, it's hard. It really is to get away from some of this stuff. So the other thing is to, you know, learn some of the tools out there. And if you do have to run something like a Windows, just to only do what you absolutely have to in it, because everything you do is going to get hoovered up. Or... Just accept that everything is going to get hoovered up and decide whether or not you care. Like, I know static just doesn't give a fuck. So. And he regularly advocates for that. It's like, what's it matter? And from a practical standpoint, I don't know that I have a great argument against it. I have all kinds of philosophical standpoints against it. But at the end of the day, oh, given, given everything, I, I mean, that's kind of what they want, though, is they want you to just surrender. I don't care what they gather here. Like, is I'm stationary. What are you going to fucking do? You know I'm on the internet. What am I doing? Watching TV shows and fucking around with my friends. You know, and saying inappropriate shit. Okay, done. But I'm not carrying my own portable tracking device. That's that's where I cut the line there, Morphs. Yeah. When I leave my front door, I am completely alone. Yeah, apart from all the facial recognition software cameras in every fucking store now. Yeah, well, here yeah. pretty soon saying I don't Most have a cell phone. Most of the cameras in the stores you're walking past aren't good enough for facial recognition, are you? I don't know, madman. You know, Coles and Woolworths and uh, Dan Murphy's alcohol place, they all have it. The big thing, you're on facial recognition software. You know, for your better shopping experience, I'm like, fuck off. Better shopping experience? Well, that's the shit I don't like. It's like, why do you always put that kind of stuff on there? To better don't serve you. Me, man. To better serve you, we're going to bend you over and stick this red hot poker up your... Anyways. It's for safety. 
you. An adult. I can figure out what's safe and what's not. But yeah, that's that's where I, I draw the line once I leave. Are you wet? Yeah, you're driving on the wrong part of the road then. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what my fucking parents keep saying that I need to get a phone because I'm going to be getting in trouble for not having one. Well, I mean, that's that's going to start being a red flag. Oh, why don't you have a phone? Can you not get a phone? Are you on a list? Well, we had better put you on a list because you obviously must be on a list if you're not allowed to have a phone. Oh, dude, I'm already on the fucking list, right? Is this, what, add my name to another list. We'll be fucking do. Yep. Um, you know, I don't care. And I can't, I don't give a fuck about uh, facial recognition shit because I've already been biometrically fucking scanned by the NSA. Um. Um, you can be one of those people walking around with the anti-facial recognition face paint if you want to, you know, go for broke. I'm not going to go that far, man. I'm just not going to carry a little sign-in device. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure everybody's phone gets pinged when they go into a store. They do. For a better shopping experience, you can't see my air quotes. It, uh, yeah, a lot, of them, a lot of them will ping the Bluetooth. You want to start fucking with commerce, dude. Start shopping without a phone. Like, I, imagine if a shop took no data in one day, they would lose their shit. Well, they'd, they'd be calling their vendors saying, what's wrong with this thing? Exactly. You know, I'd like to see a little more rebellion against mobile phones, to be honest. But seeing the level of addictedness over Christmas time with my my nephews, that was um, pretty fucking frightening, to be honest. My job they requires it. I, I, if I didn't have my phone hooked up, I I wouldn't have a job. Are you touching your phone right now, Morps? No, but it is sitting on the desk right there. But, so, but you're not fondling it, are you? No. No, these kids, they're, they're fucking constantly got their hand on the phone. And they get nervous when they don't. Like, this is really weird. This is very bad behavior. That is weird. When I get home, uh, I've, on more than one occasion, lost my phone. <laughs> yeah, I've done yeah, that. You're a, whole, you're a whole different animal, madman. Oh yeah, I'm from a different generation. I'm before <laughs> smartphones were ubiquitous. Exactly. I've I've commonly left my phone in the other room and then you know, had to it's like, oh fuck, where did I leave the phone? And uh fully admit the other day I had to do the whole find my phone from an iPad because I knew where the iPad was because I could not find it was sitting on top of 3D printer because I had set it there when I was checking something and walked off without it. All right, I looked at the time. Let's get to another story. Next story is from Torn Freak. Uh, did I throw that one in? I did. Um, after two UK regional police forces refused to supply information on the number of people cautioned, fined, or arrested for simply watching illegal streams, this week it emerged that the Greater Manchester Police received the same request and actually responded. For the years 2019, 2020, 21, 22, and 23, the number of people cautioned, fined, and or arrested for watching illegal streams was zero. Last week, we reported on two Freedom of Information Act requests directed at the two regional police forces in the UK. In almost identical requests, which appear to have been filed by the same person, Wiltshire Police and the West Yorkshire Police were asked eight questions regarding the uh, relating to enforcement measures taken against suppliers, distributors, and consumers of illegal streaming services. Both police forces said that no information was readily accessible, adding that it would take so long to retrieve information manually that the estimated cost rendered the request ineligible for disclosure under the Freedom of Information Act. 
it must be a UK equivalent. Uh, that was disappointing. A key component of the ongoing anti-piracy campaign in the UK includes sensitizing the public to the risk of being convicted of for fraud offenses, carrying prison sentences of up to 10 years, not for getting involved in the supplier sale of pirate streams, but for simply watching them. Certainly, legal theory doesn't rule out the possibility, but in a campaign that relies almost entirely on fear, a hard independent facts would have been a welcome addition. So I'm not going to read the rest of this because it just goes on on numbers, but essentially they're trying to argue a legal theory that you could be charged for just watching illegal streams, but there's literally no evidence of it happening. Like no law enforcement is going after people for watching streams. It's a victimless crime. Well, it's, it's not one that of it's those... a victimless crime, as that I don't know, at least in my country, that it is a crime, because the whole idea of uh, piracy it's about is distributing. depriving of sales, generally. Now, if you're downloading a video, they're claiming that you're stealing a copy, and if you're seeding that same video, which, if you're a good pirate, you should, then uh, you're paying for it by seeding it, and you're stealing it by copying it, that's your complete uh, uh, crap. I forget the legal term, but that's what constitutes piracy here. Yeah, well, yeah you have to be distributed. Haven't kept up with modern technology. Yeah, if you're streaming it, you're simply con- consuming the content. You're not you're not hosting it for anybody else. You're not making new copies of it. You're just consuming it. You're just watching it. Um. So yeah, at least in the states, I don't know that you could charge somebody for watching. Uh, you know, streaming content that's pirated. You could certainly go after the person hosting it for distributing it. You could go after the people uploading it for distributing it. That's the legal theory. They go after people running Kazaa and BitTorrent and Napster. But if you're just... What I do, Morps, is I just go to the streaming site, click on what I want to watch, and then I walk out of the room, and I wait for it to end. And then I come back in, and I go to the next episode, and then I walk out of the room. I don't actually (laughs) watch it. I'm just trolling the authorities. I'm not actually watching it. You can't prove I'm fucking sitting in front of the machine. You know what I mean? Sard has activated in the RC, and he is currently attempting to do ASCII art poorly. (laughs) Classic. But, yeah, I don't see how they can prove that you're watching it apart from uh, the footprint you're leaving with the URLs that they're harvesting. Well, obviously nobody's bothering in the UK, so... Well, they've got all those hate crimes to go after, you know? The little old ladies saying wrong things and things like that. They've got to help transition all those children. <sighs> well, they've got to cover up those rape gangs. They've got a lot of shit on their plate, the cops, man. They, they can't be looking after piracy. I mean, is piracy destroying the UK? No, then the cops don't want to be involved in it. They're only involved in shit destroying the country. Well, like I said, I don't. I, I you know, they're obviously not going after people for it, and I'm sure it's the almost, anti-piracy groups love that. But the number is zero. It, it's almost oh. like the uh, uh, the person writing the article is begging the cops to do something so they have something to write about. It's not that it's zero. It's that answering the question is cost prohibitive. 
No, uh, Manchester answered it. They said zero. The other two departments didn't. They said it's it's prohibitively expensive to answer the question. Meaning they didn't know how to type the thing into their into their database to see, to what to query it. It's like we're gonna have to call tech support. And they're gonna charge us to make that report. <laughs> Dude, they start locking people up for far, for fucking streaming stuff. Prisons are gonna get fucking full real quick. Well, they don't want it, it's not but it's not a it's not criminal. It's civil. So I don't know how you could lock somebody up for that. They just want to use it to extract cash from people. No difference to renting a fucking movie and then inviting your friends around for a party and everyone watches the movie. Well, that's the thing, right? Is like, you you just said renting a movie. What's it cost to rent a movie? Uh, Even even on a modern streaming site, what? Three, four, five bucks? Uh, A couple of bucks? Five at the most. Yeah. So, if I'm gonna get charged for piracy it shouldn't be more than what it would cost the the cost of that shouldn't be more than what it would be to have acquired it legally right whether that's paying a rental fee of five bucks at the max or 30 bucks for the movie if you were to bought the disc or the you know bought it on a digital site right yeah i mean it's like so you know, these crazy fines they go after people for where they went after like one Nintendo site for more for more money than like exists because of yeah. the statutory fines. I mean, it's just ridiculous shit, but I don't know. Anyways, I just it's it, it bothers me that it's like, you know, literally it's nothing. And the reason for the story is because somebody is is like, oh, they're not going after people for watching these streaming sites. Why the fuck would they? Do you really think they have nothing better to do? But yeah, that's what it is. It's somebody whining about it. Like you yeah, said, they they're begging done. them to do it so they have something to write about. So, anyways, we'll quickly do this. So, it looks like I've linked a YouTube video for Dojo. And I have. It's from this guy, Chris Edwards. But that's because this is where he's distributing what he's put together. What he's put together is a disc image. And it's, it's pretty big, actually. I uh, downloaded it earlier today. It's, uh, what was it, 37 gig? Let me double check that. Uh, the 7-zip is 36 gig. Uh, it's going to be 100 gig extracted. <laughs> it's it's a pretty big disc image. Um, but it's a disc image that will boot on regular computer, Intel or, you know, Mac, or it'll boot on a Raspi. And I think it'll boot on a few other things. And what it boots up is a Linux distro, then immediately boots into an Amiga emulator. And the reason it's so big is because it's preloaded with a whole bunch of Amiga games, demos, music, and uh, software. So if you, like me, missed out on the Amiga, um, now, you do need a set of the Kickstart ROMs, and he's got some links to getting it legally. Um, I would say for legal reasons to acquire the ROMs legally, if getting them from Google Play, it's like four bucks, and his disc image is free, so you can like acquire, you know, you can get all the Amiga stuff that I guess this guy curated and thought was worth having in one download. Um, there are other ways to get those Kickstarts. Yo-ho, as we were just discussing. <laughs> but um, 
you know, yeah, you should you should probably get get them legally, but uh, there are other ways. Um, but yeah, and he's got the, he's got an hour long video here showing you how to set up the image, how to set it up for booting on a laptop, how to set up on booting on a Raspberry, and the whole he's. I, I was hitting bits of it earlier. The whole reason he made it work with both is one, I think somebody showed him how, but two, um, Raspberry Pi's got expensive in the past couple of years, and lots of people have old computers kicking around. So, yeah, you can totally take an old laptop and just basically turn it into a powerhouse Amiga with this thing. And it's got a whole thing of games, it's got a whole thing of music and a bunch of other stuff on it. So, uh, just a cool little thing to dig through, and he's got a video showing how to do it. And uh, yeah, I thought it was worth the time. Cool. So, anyways, that's all I've got for tonight. Of course, this in the stream, we're always working on it. Pure decking every Thursday. The Galaxy Fifteen Radio site, the BBS, which is where Psycho sends me his links. Um, uh, Madman, closing thoughts. Time to find out if gorillas came out on the Amiga. I will kill you with bananas. You mean the QBasic game? There were equivalents on the Amiga. There's certainly versions of Scorched Earth and Worms on it. I don't know about gorillas specifically. Uh, are you? Closing thoughts. If you're looking for a bit of light watching this weekend, uh, Masters of the Air. World War II um, B-52 bomber stories. Really good. I'm enjoying them. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to hit some sound effects and close this out. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of retarded. Man, I'm sorry about this. I hope this doesn't ruin your day. I have never been horny in my entire life.